Welcome to the Sick Network Podcast, a weekly podcast discussing current and topical issues affecting Sikhs across the global diaspora. Sacrificing Six, the need for an investigation, the highly anticipated report commissioned by the Sikh Federation UK. Written by Phil Miller, narrated by Sonny Osan, commission designed and published by the Sikh Federation UK. Chapter 8. Whitehall expected raid on Amritsar day before Blue Star. The Haywood Review claimed that the UK received no warning from the Indian authorities of the launch of the operation. This claim is misleading. In fact, the Foreign Office anticipated a raid on Amritsar at least a day before Operation Blue Star began, but made no attempt to deter Mrs Gandhi from attacking the holy site, believing it would boost her chances of re-election. British diplomats spoke approvingly of a possible assault on Amritsar, with one commenting in March 1984 that, begin quote, Some real action against the extremists, e.g. a Golden Temple operation, must await the next extremist outrage. Two lines redacted. Above all, there is a sense in which she needs to show progress on Punjab or mount a successful operation against the extremists not too long before a general election, otherwise the memory of triumph will fade. The British High Commission said in April 1984 that a dramatic gesture, e.g. against the Golden Temple, or some unexpected settlement, might be an important plus for her at the polls. A raid was wrongly predicted for that month. There have been a few little signs recently which, taken together, could suggest that some kind of operation against the Sikh extremists in the Golden Temple might be attempted over the next few days. UK officials expected specialist squads to be involved, commenting that a general changing of the guard in Amritsar would of course provide cover for the deployment of special units likely to be required for a Golden Temple operation. There is also evidence of an implicit warning that something was about to happen. We knew that, two lines redacted, was almost continuously at meetings on Punjab in the period around 11 April. He commented privately to a member of my staff that the next 10 days, i.e. 11 to 21 April, would be crucial for Punjab. Another factor was a full moon on 16 April. The files noted that if some kind of operation were to be mounted at night, a good moon would be a major advantage. There is no evidence that HMG tried to discourage Mrs Gandhi from this course of action, instead observing whether she is prepared to cash in on the undoubted popularity which a really successful operation would earn in the country at large by going for an early election, and whether she can risk the possibility of a nasty Sikh backlash in Punjab, especially if the operation goes well. The telegram was copied to MI5, and a handwritten note on the redacted file said, Box 500, MI5, and Protocol Department should see this. I think the police will be that there might be action by the Sikhs against Indian government target between now and 21 April. Note the significance of Tuesday's full moon. Another comment said, spoken to PUSD, action taken. The PUSD, or Permanent Under Secretary's Department, 
was the point of contact between the Foreign Office and the intelligence agencies. Although the government was concerned about a hostile reaction from six in the UK to an attack on their holiest site, as shown by the warning given to MI5, there was no effort made to discourage Indira Gandhi from proceeding down this dangerous path. This was a false alarm, but similar observations in May to June 1984 were much more accurate. In mid-May, UK diplomats noticed the formation of 23 commando task force groups. These will be deployed in various sensitive districts and operate independently from the other paramilitaries. There was also a build-up of paramilitary units in Amritsar and other signs that led the British High Commissioner to tell London on 1st of June that the government may be preparing for an operation against the Golden Temple and or possibly certain Gudwaras in other parts of Punjab. Mrs Gandhi may wait a few days to see whether the Morcha protest turns particularly violent, which would give further justification for dramatic measures. The next full moon, useful for a nighttime raid, is on 13 June. The High Commissioner's information was based on a meeting with Indira Gandhi's aide and seemed fairly explicit. Begin quote. When I called yesterday evening on PC Alexander, Principal Secretary in charge of the PM's office, he seemed surprisingly relaxed and confident about prospects in the Punjab. Problem was soluble and would be dealt with well before the general election, both necessary and possible for the government to take certain drastic steps. Those steps could and would be taken quite soon, suggest that the government may be preparing for an operation against the Golden Temple. End quote. And then by 4th of June 1984, the High Commissioner said that the government certainly looks as if they are intent on a showdown. The measures have put the government in a strong position to flush the extremists out of the Golden Temple and to contain any sick reaction. Such an operation is now widely expected. Indeed, Operation Blue Star had begun. In the midst of the assault, the British High Commission met India's top diplomat, Raskotra, who said that the army had not yet entered the temple. But if the firing continued, some of it with heavy weapons, the situation was in the hands of the army and Rasgotra could not foresee or rule anything out. Instead of trying to deter the Indian authorities from doing so, the British official merely asked for warning of any further escalations in case it provoked a stronger backlash in the UK. Far from criticising Indira Gandhi's attack on the holy site, British diplomats lamented that she had not done so sooner. A Foreign Office review of the assault prepared for Geoffrey Howe in July 1984 said that, had she decided to move against the Golden Temple much earlier, a more surgical quick commando raid, as most people in Delhi always assumed a Golden Temple operation would be, might have been possible. The British High Commission explained that delay had allowed the extremists to fortify the Golden Temple and other Gurdwaras and turned what should have been a surgical commando raid in Amritsar into a pitched battle with heavy casualties on both sides and considerable damage to parts of the sixth holiest shrine. The sense from the files is that the SAS plan was jeopardised because the raid did not happen soon enough. In any case, British diplomats praised the Indian troops, saying that the army conducted themselves with great bravery and skill. The Foreign Office files contain no mention of the number of civilians who died during the assault, only soldiers or militants which numbered between 7,000 and 8,000, according to eyewitness accounts. Relationships between Indira Gandhi and Thatcher remained warm, 
with the Indian leader writing to her British counterpart on 14 June, justifying the atrocities that had taken place. For months, a reign of terror was unleashed from the temple complex, holding all Punjab to ransom. We had no choice but to send an army unit which exercised the utmost restraint using a minimum of force, she assured Thatcher. In a sign of more repression ahead, she said, Although the hardcore of the terrorists within has been liquidated, we have a difficult period ahead of us. Thatcher replied to Indira Gandhi on 29 June, giving her full support for Indian unity in the face of Sikh demands for self-determination. The British Prime Minister wrote that, These have been anxious weeks for you, involving difficult decisions. I have followed closely your efforts to restore calm there and I very much hope that the healing touch for which you have called will open the way to a peaceful and prosperous future for that troubled region. Needless to say, we in the United Kingdom fully support India's unity. Thatcher also reassured Gandhi that British police were devoting considerable resources to safeguarding Indian government personnel in Britain. Bilateral relations became increasingly framed in terms of the need to appease Indian concerns about the Sikh diaspora in the UK. Concerns over Dr Chauhan escalated by 9 July, with British diplomats in Delhi telling London that Chauhan's activities in the UK continue to receive extensive publicity here, and asking if Dr Chauhan can be denied British citizenship on grounds of character, political and desirability, or for other reasons – They also inquired as to whether his expired Home Office travel document would be renewed. Of further concern to the British public and the Sikh community would be the assertions made by Mary Ann Weaver. Writing for the Sunday Times a week following the attack on Sri Harmandar Sahib in June 1984, she wrote, Last week's assault on the Golden Temple took place after months of preparation by the Indian Army, which included advice from British experts in counter-insurgency. Sources in Delhi say that two officers of India's Secret Service, Gary Saxena and RNK of the Research and Analysis Wing, made several trips to London to seek expertise. This confirms the worst-held fears of the community, that British involvement in planning and carrying out an attack on the Golden Temple was well-planned and strategized in a bilateral fashion, and serves to underline the extent of collusion in the event and brings into question William Hague's statement to the House of Commons that advice provided was on a one-off basis. Indian diplomats made astonishing requests of Britain, telling Douglas Heard that they would like to see extremist leaders, such as Dr Chauhan, taken into preventive detention. While Heard objected to internment, a list of people who the Indian government wanted detained was passed to special branch. The records show that it turned out to be leaders of Sikh temples. The Indian High Commission was told that special branch are watching Sikh extremists, including Dr. Chauhan, very closely. Welcome to the Sikh Network Podcast a weekly podcast discussing current and topical issues affecting Sikhs across the global diaspora.